Good evening and welcome to our Bible study and we're going to the book of Job and this evening we're going to look at Job chapter 22. So Job chapter 22. Then Eliphaz the Temanite replied, Can a man be of benefit to God? Can even a wise man benefit him? What pleasure would it give the Almighty if you were righteous? What would be gain if your ways were blameless? Is it for your piety that he rebukes you and brings charges against you? Is not your wickedness great and not your sins endless? You demanded security from your brothers and for no reason. You stripped men of their clothing, leaving them naked. You gave no water to the weary and you withheld food from the hungry. Though you were a powerful man owning land, an honoured man living on it. And you sent widows away empty-handed and broke the strength of the fatherless. That is why snares are all around you, why sudden peril terrifies you, why it is so dark that you cannot see, and why a flood of water covers you. Is not God in the heights of heaven? And see how lofty are the highest stars. Yet you say, what does God know? Does he judge through such darkness? Thick clouds veil him, so he does not see us, as he goes about in the vaulted heavens. Will you keep to the old path the evil men have trod? They were carried off before their time, their foundations washed away by a flood. They said to God, leave us alone. What can the Almighty do to us? Yet it was he who filled their houses with good things. So, I stand aloof from the counsel of the wicked. The righteous see their ruin and rejoice. The innocent mock them, saying, Surely our foes are destroyed, and fire devours their wealth. Submit to God, and be at peace with him. In this way, prosperity will come to you. Accept instruction from his mouth, and lay up his words in your heart. If you return to the Almighty, you will be restored. If you remove wickedness far from your tent and assign your nuggets to the dust of your gold, your gold of offer to the rocks in the ravines, then the Almighty will be your gold, the choicest silver for you. Surely then you will find delight in the Almighty and will lift up your face to God. You will pray to him, and he will hear you, and you will fulfill your vows. What you decide on will be done. The light will shine on your ways. When men are brought low, and you say, lift them up, then he will save the downcast. He will deliver one who is not innocent, who will be delivered through the cleanness, cleanness of your hands. Well, God, I'll add his blessing to that reading of his word. Let's just come to him before we take a look at it together. Father, we do thank you again for your word. We thank you for this book of Job. We thank you that we're able to come to it in freedom. We're able to gather around your word without fear of authority. And as we do that, we pray for those who do not enjoy this privilege. So, Father, we pray that you will help us to appreciate the, the blessings that we have and our Father, we turn to you now that you might speak to us through these words as we come to you in the name of Jesus. Amen.
Well, Job chapter 22. You know, Eliphaz will speak here for the third and last time. So far, Job's friends have been alluding to him in their accusations of him being a sinner under punishment from God. They have been saying, in a way, if the coat fits, wear it. Now, Eliphaz comes out and he accuses Job directly. So, in a way, he's saying that we are no longer asking you to wear the coat that we've shown you. We are saying that we are going to put this coat on you because it fits you perfectly. We've shown you what an unrighteous sinner looks like. And now we say that you, you Job, are that unrighteous sinner. And Eliphaz begins by asking what are rhetorical questions. In other words, he's saying to Job, you know that this is how it is. So that's our title for the first three verses. This is how it is. Then Eliphaz the Temanite replied, Can a man be of benefit to God? Can even a wise person benefit him? What pleasure would it give the Almighty if you were righteous? What would he gain if your ways were blameless? You know what he's saying here is even the best of us cannot be a benefit to God. And he's saying if what you say is true and you are righteous how can that be of any benefit to god and when we come to verse 4 and we go down to verse 11 eliphaz now points the finger directly at job and you can notice here how many times he uses that personal pronoun or the personal pronouns you and your so verse 4 it says is it for your piety that he rebukes you and brings charges against you? So he's saying, do you think that God would treat you like this if you were innocent? And then verse 5, is not your wickedness great? Are not your sins endless? Eliphaz makes a sarcastic remark aimed at Job. He's saying, come on Job, is God punishing you because you're good? Then he goes on and he's saying in these verses we can all see how wicked you are by the way God is making you suffer and we know all about your hidden sins and how you became rich and respected but now based on the, your present state that you are in we can see that at last the, the cat is out of the bag we know what's been going on now as we read through these verses uh, you will see that Job is being accused of breaking God's laws. Now, it's interesting as we read through this that we can be reminded of some of the things that we read in both the Old and the New Testament with reference to God's ways and God's laws. And we can think of the things that Jesus says as he teaches his disciples how to live. So just think about that as I read through these verses from 6 down to verse 11. You demanded security from your relatives for no reason. You stripped people of their clothing, leaving them naked. You gave no water to the weary and you withheld food from the hungry. And though you were a powerful man owning land, an honoured man living on it, 
And you set widow, sent widows away empty-handed and broke the strength of the fatherless. That is why snares are all around you, why sudden peril terrifies you, why it is so dark that you can't see, and why a flood of water covers you. This is powerful. This is powerful poetry aimed at Job. And they're saying to him, you robbed your own family and left people destitute. You denied people their human rights. You had power and respect, but you refused to help widows and orphans. You've been caught out. You're trapped. And we can see that you are terrified, and so you should be. And we can see that you can't see the light at the end of this very dark tunnel that you find yourself in. And Job, you're like a drowning man. No hope. See, Eliphaz is accusing Job of being greedy, merciless, vindictive, one who has in the past been blessed by God. This is the common grace of God that we all have. And Job has been blessed abundantly with this, but he is one who wanted more than what God had given him. So he's used his position to take whatever he desires at the expense of others, and that mostly by foul means. And as I said, these are strong accusations. And you know, the only evidence that Eliphaz and his other two friends have is that Job is suffering. Therefore, he must be guilty. For them, that's game set and match. Eliphaz, like Bildad and so far, you know, they were introduced to not just their names, but where they came from. They live in different places. Like Job, they would have been seen to be wise men. Wise men within society. Wise men with influence. And they were friends who knew each other. But a lot of that knowledge would have been by reputation because they weren't living in the same district. They probably would have met each other quite a few times, but they lived in these different places. So what is happening here is what we might call character assassination based on assumptions and opinions. You see, Job's reputation is being torn to shreds by three wise and learned men who claim to know their friend Job better than anyone else. And all this is happening in Job's hometown. I want us to stop for a moment and just wonder what damage this is doing to Job as the local people. They would have been observing this. And these people would be believing the lies. And these people would, because of that, ridicule Job. And they would, as they walked past, turn their faces from him. They would ridicule him. And the children would mock him. You know, this reminds us of Isaiah 53, verse 3, when we think of the suffering that Jesus went through. And we read in Isaiah, 
He was despised and rejected by mankind. A man of suffering and familiar with pain. Like one from whom people hid their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. You know, we see Job's suffering and we can understand something of how he suffered. And this helps us understand something of how Jesus suffered. And Jesus did not just suffer the physical pain of being hung on a cross. He suffered the pain of being despised and being rejected by those he had created. Those who hid their face from him, he suffered the lies that were leveled against him and the gossip that went around and the people who then saw their so-called wise leaders as being the ones that they should listen to, believed the lies that were spread about Jesus. And so they ridiculed him. So as we look at the book of Job, we can see the parallels. But then, as we look at this chapter, in verse 12 through to 20, we could head this, there is no hiding place. You can't hide from God. This is what Eliphaz is saying. Verse 12 through to 13. Is not God in the heights of heaven? And see how lofty are the higher stars? And you say, what does God know? Does he judge through such darkness? Thick clouds veil him, so he does not see us as he goes about in the vaulted heavens. You see, they're drawing a picture here of a God who doesn't really care. Who, yes, looks down, sees, but it's of no great concern to him. And Eliphaz is saying, is this your opinion of God? And then he's going to go on in these verses. He's going to speak about Job, verse 15 through to 17. He's saying to him, will you keep to the old path that the wicked have trod? They were carried off before their time. They're found Nations washed away by a flood. They said to God, leave us alone. What can the Almighty do to us? And then Eliphaz is now, after speaking about God and speaking about Job, he's going to go on and speak about himself in verse 18 through to 20. He says, Yet it was he who filled their houses with good things. In other words, God has given them these things. Well, he goes on. Yes, it was he who filled their houses with good things. I stand aloof from the plans of the wicked. And the righteous see the ruin and reject and rejoice. The innocent mock them, saying, Surely our foes are destroyed, and fire devours their wealth. In other words, don't think that God can't see you, Job. He can. But you think that he can't and even... If he could, you think that he has an interest in you and your evil ways. Well, listen to this, Job. This is how wicked men think. So don't you follow that way of life. The way of life of those wicked men. They want nothing to do with God, even though what they have is God-given. So he's going on, he's saying to Job, Be like me, Job, and don't continue to be like them. You, like them, will be destroyed, 
And when that happens, we, the righteous, we will see you and them as our enemies and we will rejoice and we will mock them for their foolishness. Again, Eliphaz is pulling no punches here. These are strong words. He's really given it everything. But then he goes on and he seems to bring now a softer tone. Uh, and he's now convinced that he is right. And now he is convinced that Job needs to repent. So he speaks these words and... If you take these words out of the context of the book of Job, these words of Eliphaz are eloquent words, words that speak of God's love, of God's patience for the sinner, God's patience for the believer who has wandered away from God, and for the person who needs forgiveness. So listen to these words and see the truth in them. But they're not the right things to say to Job. So what's wrong with Eliphaz speaking to Job in this way? Well, we'll find out. And these words, to put it bluntly, they're a slap in the face to Job. And even worse, they're an affront to God. So listen to them with these thoughts in mind. Submit to God and be at peace with him. In this way, prosperity will come to you. Accept instruction from his mouth and lay up his words in your heart. If you return to the Almighty, you will be restored. If you remove wickedness far from your tent and assign your nuggets to the dust, your gold of offer to the rocks in the ravines. Then the Almighty will be your gold and choicest silver for you. Surely then you will find delight in the Almighty and will lift up your face to God. You will pray to him and he will hear you and you will fulfill your vows. What you decide to do will be done and light will shine on your ways. When people are brought low to you, say, lift them up. Then he will save the downcasts. He will deliver even one who is not innocent, who will be delivered through the cleanliness of your hands. So what's wrong with those words? They are true. That God loves the sinner. And the sinner can come to God in repentance. Now this is what's wrong. Job is not a sinner. And Job is not a backslider. And Job is not in need of God's forgiveness. We know. Because we've been told he's blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil, and there is no one like him on earth. We also know that Job's not happy with what is happening to him. He knows that it's not fair. I mean, not that he longs for relief from the pain that he's in. But Job is coming to God. He's coming to God confused and he's distressed and he's looking for answers. But he knows that he's innocent. And he knows this. He knows that God can give and that God can take away.
And he is believing in the sovereignty of God and the sovereignty of the will of God. And he knows that one day he will see God and then he will be vindicated. Now, the reality is Job might not realize it. But his faith in God is a faith in things not yet seen. Job's faithfulness to God is based on him knowing God and not on the material blessings that God has blessed him with. Job can't understand why these blessings have been removed and they've been replaced by pain and heartache. But he's determined that he won't undermine God's right to do this by making some kind of a deal with God in order for God to restore his health and his wealth. You know, that first line of what um, Eliphaz says in that statement in verse 21, submit to God and be at peace with him. In this way, prosperity will come to you. You know, that is really forgiveness that is needed by the person who would say those words, those words through from 21 through to 20, uh, through to 30. But Job doesn't need forgiveness. But Eliphaz is saying, look, come to God in the way I want you to come to God. And he will give you what you want but you know we come to God for God to give us what we need so at the end of this chapter you know the pressure is increasing but Job's faith as fragile as it is it's growing and we're going to see that as we continue through the book of Job let's just pray our Father, we do thank you for the the life of Job, the situation he's in, and we can learn from the way he he deals with it. And our Father, we at times will find ourselves in similar situations, not as drastic as Job's, but at times when we wonder why things are happening to us. And our Father, when we do that, we know that it's not because of the fact that we've sinned. We know that it's something that has happened in our lives that we don't understand, but help us to trust in, 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 in the, the faith that we have in you, that you do it for a purpose and a reason. We don't know what that reason is, but our Father, we pray that if we are called to suffer, we will suffer to your glory. And our Father, we pray that others will see that. And through those times, we ask that you will strengthen our faith. We know that during those times, we might not fully understand and we might question. But our Father, just lead us through these difficult times with us knowing that you are there with us. And we ask these things in the precious name of Jesus, the one who has gone before us and has suffered for us 
so that we might come to you in this way. Our Father, we ask you to bless us in his name. We ask it. Amen.